Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, uh, and we're very excited. And Kathy, I know, is very excited. Uh, <laughs> I am. Uh, she uh, has invited her son, uh, Joshua, Josh, uh, and her his wife, uh, Emily. Uh, they'll be able to share their story with us. Welcome, everybody. And uh, uh, by the way, Josh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's gifted. Uh, one thing I know he's gifted in is in uh, technology. And uh, when Kathy and I set this whole thing up, uh, he actually was the one that guided us into actually having it work. work. Right. Very, very patiently, I might add. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, okay. Okay. You older, older people, uh, try this, you know, and, uh, and we kept practicing and, uh, uh, until we finally understood it. And now we fundamentally, it works really, really well once in a while, uh, as technology, uh, and Josh was just explaining that to us. Uh, you know, we're, we're here, uh, just two neophytes, so to speak. And he said, experts <laughs> every day have the same issues. Yeah. Technology doesn't work sometimes. And, and then, uh, for us, we have to call him, Hey Josh, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so welcome. Um, you guys are located, where are you located? So we are in Lewis, Delaware right now. Um, so anybody familiar with the mid Atlantic, we're like 10 minutes North of Rehoboth beach. Okay. It's a beautiful area, cute little town they found. Yeah, it's a fun town. We're, we really, really like it. Yeah. It's a good place to be. Yeah. And Kathy, I know you and Dan had gone down recently to, you described it as Chesapeake Bay. What did you guys, where did you go? Did you go yeah, and stay so with we them? Go, and... uh, we did get to go stay with them too, but we, um, Dan's mom lives down on the, on the Chesapeake, on the Eastern shore of Maryland, which is only about an hour and a half from where Josh and Emily are now. Uh -huh. So that's very convenient for us. So when we go down, it's easy to connect, which is nice. You get to see both at the same time a lot of times. Great. So they're in a great area. It's only about a seven, seven and a half hour drive from us. So yeah, that's nice. closer than Waco, Texas was. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Emily you, and I uh, had to make that drive once and yeah. it was brutal. And we love road tripping together. We have a ton of fun with it, but uh, 32 hours is just not fun. Right. Right. 10 hours is good. 32, yeah, that's long. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you guys get out on the, on the ocean much at all? No, um, we get out to the bay a little bit. Um, and some of my coworkers uh, in the area have a boat. And so we'll, we'll take that out and things like that. Um, and then my grandmother has a boat on the bay. So we'll go up and visit her and take that boat out. Uh, but no, we'll, you know, we'll go out to the beach, but we don't take a boat out to the ocean a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Well, we love, uh, we're looking forward. Uh, I don't know, Kathy is, uh, having you share your story. Uh, uh, Emily, why don't you start and, and, uh, Tell us, how did you come to know Christ? Yeah, so I was raised in the church. Um, my family was Christian. We grew up going every Sunday. I heard the gospel from an infant um, all the way up until I graduated high school. Um, so I would say that I placed saving faith in Jesus when I was seven. Um, but I didn't really know what that meant at the time. No one really does when they're seven. Um, so <laughs> for me, my journey really started when I surrendered my life to Jesus, my freshman year of college. 
Um, so I would say that's probably the pivotal point. Um, I believe I was saved before that, um, but didn't enter into relationship with Jesus and live a surrendered life daily with him until my freshman year. Yeah. Um, where where did you go to college? I went to Baylor University. Oh, yeah. You went both of them to Baylor. Yes. Uh, Sikkim Bears. Sikkim forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But yeah, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church and the typical preaching within our church was very much, you know, this is how you become saved. And I didn't know that God wanted to speak to me. I didn't know that God loved me and cared about the little choices that I made each day and wanted to um, be present with me during those. And I, I didn't know that. So, you know, we just, we did what we knew. Um, and then going to college, I started going to a church called Antioch, um, in Waco and a little more charismatic than what I was used to. Um, but Mm -hmm. I felt a leading to go there. Um, and there I encountered truth that the Holy spirit is not just a seal for your salvation, that he is a person and he wants to act and speak through me to me, um, be present with me. And, um, and then I learned that Jesus wants to live relationship with me too, and what that looks like. And, um, I transitioned at that point from having a relationship with my Bible and doing religion, um, to having a relationship with Jesus Mm. and really pressing into what he wanted and, um, and learning to love him, not just believe in him. Yes. Beautiful. Wow. That's a fantastic story. Can you see why I love my daughter-in-law? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you knew nothing else about her, but you heard that, you have to fall in love with her. Anyway. We'd say, we'd say, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we'll keep that. Yeah. Uh, Josh, yeah, Josh, how about you? When, when we met, I was like, oh yeah, no, this will this will work. This yeah. Well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. A good wisdom there, Josh. Uh, <laughs> you married up. Uh, how about you, Josh? How did you come to know Christ? Yeah, so so I had um, a similar story in a lot of aspects. I grew up in a Christian household, and um, and you know, obviously, mom was here. Um, so shout out <laughs> to mom and dad; they they did a great job. Um, we had just such a, a sweet time growing up. Um, re- had really really sweet relationships with everybody in the family. Um, my brother was my best friend. Loved my sister to death, and then I could go to mom and dad for everything. Mm. Um, so I always felt very comfortable and and secure in that. Um, and we were, a, like I said, a Christian household. You were going to church every Sunday. Mom led every children's ministry up and down the East Coast. <laughs> and uh, and so we were always involved. You know, Sundays for us were a, a whole ordeal. It was, yeah. we're going to show up at six because we're a mobile church meeting in a movie theater. And we're going <laughs> to set up everything you can imagine. Yeah, I know, and I know we'd that. get home at three that. and we lived five minutes from the church. You know, so it was, <laughs> it was an all day ordeal. Um, and then we try to catch the Patriots game that night. But, uh, <laughs> so, so it was um, I, I grew up, and especially when we were living in Philly, I mean, we were so involved in the church there that we were at um, from a from a managerial and children's ministry standpoint that, I mean, I literally spent as much time in that church as I did my own home. Uh, we were there <laughs> all the time, like you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, it would be mom and the rest of the leadership team and dad, and all of us kids would be running around pretending to be spies in the back room of the church. Uh, and so, I mean, most of my childhood memories were in a church somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like Emily, it was always, we took our faith really, really seriously as a household. Um, and mom and dad were always uh, very intentional about that, very intentional about um, teaching us to carve out time for God in the mornings and doing devotionals together as a family. But it was never, it never clicked 
as a personal two-way conversation for me until I got to college. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to a Christian high school, transferred in there my sophomore year, made some really sweet friendships and realized, wow, Christian education is an awesome thing. Like when it's done right and it's, it's authentic, there are a lot of really sweet benefits to this. This is what I want for college. And so then ended up going to Baylor University, um, which is where I met M. And freshman year, got plugged in to a church uh, through a friend of mine that was already going to that church uh, and was a junior at Baylor at the time. And uh, we kind of jokingly say about our church here and about that church in Waco um, that it was charismatic with a seatbelt, right? So it was, <laughs> yeah, they were they were very Holy Spirit focused. Um, y'all know snakes, no, nothing, nothing <laughs> uh, but it was charismatic with a seatbelt. And, and we got there. And before we met, each of us, like Emily had mentioned, were individually learning, wow, Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with us, not just in the, oh yeah, he saved me specifically as well, but no, he wants to talk to me daily. He cares about everything from, you know, where I go to college and what my career is going to be to what I'm having for breakfast. And, And we can have these small scale conversations and they matter just as much to him as anything else. And he'll talk back. Yeah. Um, and so that was, was pivotal for me in really experiencing relationship with Jesus, faith in Christ for the first time. Um, So I was saved at six years old, mom. I don't really remember. That sounds right. Five, I think. think Yeah. Okay. Five. five. Um, So I was saved really young, but, uh, but never got to experience that until freshman year of college and then realized, wow, there's this whole um, bottom part of the iceberg to faith that I never realized was Mm -hmm. there. And I just saw this, this tip. I'll interrupt you real quick. Um, to be fair, at the same time, that was about the time that God was doing the same thing for Dan and I. Really, it w- he was shifting. That's when abide when we went to our first abide retreat was Joshua's freshman year, and so God was unfolding something in our family right. um, that parallels their stories as well, which is really cool. Anyway, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, no, I mean that, that's a great point. It was hilarious for me because I'm sitting here at a church that's talking about hearing God and, and dreams and visions and speaking in tongues and, and all these different concepts that to me, it was like, Hey, you know, God did that 2000 years ago. And, and growing up, my mentality was God did that 2000 years ago. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he absolutely still has the power to do that. But that only happens if you're like the super pastor in Africa casting out, demons, <laughs> right? Like it's, and you, you hear those stories. And I, I mean, I've full heartedly, I was like, yes, that God is absolutely capable of doing that. It absolutely still happens today. Just not in Waco, Texas or not in Lewis, Delaware. Not in New Hampshire, <laughs> or and, uh, and so got to this church and saw it happening before my eyes. And I was like, wow, like there's, there's really something here. And these people are living so differently. Um, they talk about Jesus so differently than the Jesus that I know. And so as I was experiencing that, I was like, man, my family is going to think I'm crazy. Like I'm going to be the kid that went <laughs> off to college and joined a cult. And, you know, that, but like mom had mentioned, God just so beautifully orchestrated this shift in our family um, where everyone was learning that at the same time. And, uh, and I was learning it and experiencing it and had no idea how to, how to put it into words or, or put a, a framework to it. Um, and so as I was kind of, you know, firing from the hip, so to speak, mom and dad were going through this teaching that kind of put framework and put words to everything that I was experiencing. Yeah. Um, so it was a really sweet um, kind of backbone for that whole period. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, well, tell us, you obviously you said you met at Waco. Why don't you describe that? How did you meet uh, specifically and uh, what led you both uh, to decide to get married? I love this story. Why don't you, we love this story. We tell the story all the time. It's like my favorite story. Um, Why don't you start with kind of God's journey with you up to the fast? And then I'll jump in after that. Okay. 
All right, so um, like I said, I surrendered for the first time to Jesus my freshman year of college. Um, what I didn't mention is that I was living in a ton of sin prior to that, um, just absolutely in the highest state of rebellion that you can be in. Um, but God kind of took hold of my heart um, over Christmas break. I was home and he really, he allowed my heart to break for the things that I was choosing. Um, and it finally all came together. <laughs> I was like, this isn't really how I want to live my life. <laughs> um, so I said, God, I'm done. I want you. Um, and from that point on, um, he led me to Antioch, which is when I started um, attending a small group there. Um, and over the course of that first couple of months in that new small group with a new church, I was learning so much about how God speaks to us, how we can hear how to check what he says against scripture, how to um, invite the Holy Spirit and learn how he's urging you to do different things, learn what his urgings feel like, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and um, all of this kind of led up to a point where I had been putting a lot of worth in my relationships with men um, and finding a lot of identity in that. And I think during this cleaning out process over those first couple of months, God was showing me, hey, am I am enough for you. Um, and I need you to see that. Um, and so we did, we started a church-wide fast um, that was not specific for any reason. Um, they were just saying, we're going to all fast together. You guys ask, you know, God, what you need to be fasting from and for. And we're going to just all do it together and believe for one another together and come mm. together on prayer nights. Um, and it was really cool. It was the first thing I'd ever done like that. Um, and I felt God leading me to fast for contentment in my relationship with him and outside of a relationship with a man. Um, and so got through the first day of fasting. It was hard, <laughs> but God really showed up. Um, he took me through um, a bunch of scripture in you know, showing me, Hey, this is, this is a quality of the man I've had for you this whole time. This is a quality of your future husband and laid out for me through a lot of Psalms. Um, and some of the new Testament, just different passages that he was like, your husband will be this. Mm. Um, and I had about 50 different things that God laid out for me. Um, and he said, "M, do you see what I've been holding for you this whole time and what you were settling for instead? Um, and so I was just learning like, Hey, he's had this the whole time and I can rest in knowing that it'll come when it's time. Um, and then the second morning of the fast, um, you know, he asked me, he said, M, if I never bring you a husband and you live your life in singleness, will you be content with just me? And I'm going to start crying, but for the first time in my life, I was able to say, yes, God. Mm if you never bring me a husband, I will love you and you will be enough for me. Wow. <laughs> Enter Josh. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll, I'll pick up from there. Cause the timing of this is, is all really funny. Um, funny. is not the right word. It's really cool to see the way that God orchestrated it all. But now we look back and we're like just laughing in yes. awe of God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I kind of had a similar background, um, all throughout high school, I was all about me. I was all you know, chasing girls, chasing glory, chasing you know, whatever I could. Um, and then went to college, uh, like we talked about before, got plugged in at Antioch and, and I got plugged in first thing. Um, Emily joined Antioch the second semester, so spring semester, freshman year. Um, because of the connection that I had at Antioch, I was, I was in kind of from day one, really I was 
listening to Antioch online for two years before I ended up going yeah. to the school. We have some lifelong family friends that are down there that were at Antioch. So that yeah. was a good tie. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. Um, so I got plugged in early and got to see what community looked like in faith, which was another thing that I didn't really have growing up. Um, I have my family, but we drove 55 minutes to the nearest good church. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's really hard to go to church, go to youth group, go to small group, go to activities, go to when everything's an hour away and, uh, you know, you get home from school late and everything. And we played a lot of sports. So, so that made it tough. So I got to college, got plugged into community. Um, and that first semester I was like, wow, for the first time in my life, there are all these Christian women everywhere that love Jesus at this church. I mean, this church was, was amazing. Everybody was so on fire. I was like, this is awesome. But each you know, opportunity that came up either kind of fizzled or you know, we would start to pursue something. And I'd be like, oh God, this is cool. You know, she loves you. I'm going to ask her out. And now will you bless this choice that I decided? Yeah. <laughs> right? and, and that was kind of the, the theme for you know, the 18 years of my life leading up to that was I'm going to make a choice that I think is good, but because I'm a good Christian, I'm going to pray about it and ask that God will bless it. Now that I've already made it, you know, here, God, here's my plan. Now, will you make it that much better? Um, and not in a <laughs> surrendered way, but in a, you know, I'm using God for blessings way. Um, and so, so that continued freshman semester, uh, first semester, freshman year, everything repeatedly crashed and burned. And finally, I just got fed up. And I was like, God, like, <laughs> I'm, like I don't understand. Like, I'm so done. I'm trying to do this the right way. And he's like, Josh, you're creating your own plan and bringing it to me and asking me to bless it. Instead, like come to me for the plan and trust that I'll bless it because it's mine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. God. <laughs> like, and, and you've probably been telling me this for 18 years. Yeah. I'm glad it finally got through to me yeah. now. So, right. That's cool. Um, so that, that happened uh, shortly after Christmas break, um, freshman year. And, uh, and so then we started a fast as a church, um, probably a month and a half later. Um, and this was my second fast. Cause like I said, I joined Antioch at the beginning. They do a fast each semester. Um, so I'd done one three day fast before. Um, and so this fast, I was much more experienced in which, you know, you do a fast once and that's probably the biggest learning curve that you have in fasting. And then you'll learn a little bit more about it each time you fast. But, uh, that first one didn't eat anything for three days. Um, just drank water and me and all my buddies, broke it on wing Wednesday at Penland dining hall, yeah, uh, which is where they give out this. unlimited Buffalo wings. I had four plates of wings, three plates of curly fries, and then got another text from my buddy who wasn't there saying, Hey, we're going to in and out burger. You should come. <laughs> and I was like, I just broke my fast on wing Wednesday, but in and out sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to in and out and was like, I'll just get fries. And instead I got a double, double and animal fries and all that. And then regretted it for the next like 48. Yeah, hours. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So the, the next fast that we had, I learned from that and, uh, you know, broke it on a salad and was, was much more, um, much more reserved in that. So it was a much better experience. Um, but that fast was really sweet because Emily and I didn't know each other at this point. Um, we had seen each other at small group. She had started coming to our, our life group probably four or five weeks prior. And uh, she shows up the first day. And I'm like, man, she's really cute. And we all sat in a circle and we played icebreakers and then we got into conversation and she said, and she's sitting across the room and she said a couple of things. I was like, man, she's really cute. And she really loves Jesus. Like, she gets it. This is, this is cool. And at this point I had gotten, you know, God had brought me to the point where I was surrendered to him and walking with him. And I was like, all right, like, she's really cute. She really loves Jesus. I totally want to go after her. Like, this would be awesome. I'd love to take her out to coffee. And I just heard God say, no, no, like we talked about this. I remember. And I was like, oh, you're right. Okay. 
So for the next month and a half, God told me, don't say a word to her. Don't interact with her. Like just sit across the room, at a life group, smile at her. That's the end of it. Like that's your limit. And just pray about this every night. Um, so for a month and a half, every night went home and would just ask God, okay, God, what do you have for us in this? You know, flirted what, with our eyes. We flirted, yeah, we flirted with our eyes. We just smile, uh, look across the room and smile. And, uh, and so for a month and a half, prayed through that. And, and every day he was just telling me, hey, keep waiting, keep pressing in, keep praying, but, you know, but nothing yet. Um, all the while he was doing the work in Emily's heart that, um, that she had just described. And, and it's so funny because looking back, had either of us pursued the other in that month and a half um, waiting period, the other person definitely would have pushed the person away and said, hey, no, like you know, God's got me in this season for a reason. I need to not pursue you. Um, which would have been really interesting to see how that all would have played out. Um, but God so sweetly had us both waiting and, and was just doing a lot of, um, a lot of heart surgery on both of us. And so month and a half goes by and I go to I pray about it again that night after life group, go to sleep that night. And I have the most vivid dream of my life. And at this point I was seeing other people in the church that were having visions, having dreams. I had never experienced it. Um, but I was like, okay, this is, I had gotten past the that's demonic or the, that's just for <laughs> pastors in Africa. I was like, right. oh, this is real. It's just nothing I've experienced yet, but you know, maybe one day. And, uh, and so I go to bed, have this crazy vivid dream. There's a coffee house in Waco um, called common grounds. It's like a block off campus. It is the most popular spot. Everybody loves it. Um, and, and there's this indoor area with a bunch of um, kind of eclectic decorating and seating. It's you know, old couches and chairs, and everything that is thrown together indoor area, outdoor area, that's like a covered area. And then the back is this uh, larger concert area. I mean, we'd pack on Friday nights, we'd pack five or 600 people in there. So it was a, you know, it wasn't huge, but it was a pretty large area for a coffee shop. And um, so in this dream, Emily and I are sitting in the outside covered area on a couch. And we talk for like three hours, have an awesome conversation. And by the end of it, she looks up at me and says, Hey, I don't want to put any pressure expectations on you. And this is going to sound a little weird, but I really feel like God is doing something between the two of us. And I feel like he's calling us to pursue the idea of a relationship together. What do you think about that? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Like, that would be awesome. I totally agree. We exchanged numbers. We left. I went back to my dorm. I was just over the moon. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, <laughs> that didn't actually, it felt so real. And I woke up like upset that it didn't actually just happen because everything went perfectly. And, uh, and I was like, all right, like that was, it was one of those dreams that you could, you could tell it was very God-led, God-given um, and just you know, way too real to be anything but what God was speaking over it. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm taking that and I'm running with it. And I think I even, I called mom and was like, did, Hey, like yeah. I had this crazy dream. I like, just wanted <laughs> to tell you about it. I think I'm going to, you know, I think God's speaking this. I'm going to take it and run with it. And she affirmed me. I in confirmed that. that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I, uh, I didn't have Emily's number, um, but we were in a group me together, which for anybody that doesn't know is a, an app for group chats. Um, so a lot of people use it for church or for college groups and things like that. And uh, so I slid in her group me DMs, um, direct messaged her on group me. And uh, that was the, the, the desperation play that I had because that was the only <laughs> way I could find her. Her name was, her maiden name is Smith. So her name was Emily Smith. So originally I tried to find her on Instagram. There are a lot of Emily Smiths out there. Um, there were like eight or 10 just at Baylor. So that wasn't going to go well. And so, so I messaged her on group me. I was like, hey, me and some buddies are going to go to Common Grounds and we're going to you know, um, hang out, get uh, the iced tea and coffee and things like that. There, We're going to get those drinks and we're going to study and, and take a couple hours there. Would you want to join? 
she texts back and she's like, yeah. And, and all of that was true, by the way, all of that was 100% true. We had friends that were supposed to be there with us, <laughs> but, and I don't know if they did this on purpose or if this was all genuine and just came up. Um, but my roommate and some other friends hooked me up and they all bailed out last second. They're like, Hey, sorry, everything's come up. And so it was just me and him. So I show up 10 or 15 minutes early. I was like, I'll find us a place to sit. And I went to common grounds probably four or five days a week. I was there all the time. It was never super packed. Uh, this was like a Tuesday afternoon at four. Except for concerts, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, except for concerts. Um, so it, you know, it was never super crowded in the mid-afternoon or anything. And I show up on a Tuesday afternoon and the entire place is full. There's not a concert that night. There's nothing going on. So I go in the main area. There's not a single place to sit. I go out to the outside covered area, nothing. I go to the back and there's all these benches and tables everywhere. Everywhere is full. So I make a full loop through this place. I come back through the front door. The guy at the front like looks at me funny because he's, you know, has seen me the second time now. He's like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's just nowhere to sit. He's like, yeah, we've, we've never seen it this busy before. We don't know what's going on. Everybody decided to show up. So I start walking through the place again and I go back to the outdoor covered area and there was one open couch and it's the couch we sat on in the dream. And wow. I kind of laughed. I was like, ah, that's a little weird. <laughs> oh, well, and like went and sat down. Didn't, didn't really think anything of it. M shows up 10 or 15 minutes later and we get talking, we talk for you know, three, four hours. And at the end of it, she looks up at me and word for word, you know, Hey, I don't want to put any pressure expectations on you. This is going to sound weird, but I really feel like God is doing something between the two of us. And I feel like we're supposed to pursue the, the idea of a relationship together. And I was like, absolutely. We exchanged numbers. <laughs> and then we sat there and we kept talking. And for about five or 10 minutes, I wrestled with God in my head. He was like, Hey, you have to tell her. And I was like, oh no, 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 like that's not okay. It's like, no, you have to tell her about the dream that you had and about how all of that happened right now. And I'm like, Jesus, like, I know you're God, but like, I don't think you understand. Like, yeah. like that comes off really like creepy or serial killer or like, that's not okay. That's, that's not socially acceptable. So for five or 10 minutes, we wrestle with it. And, uh, and then, you know, finally I'm like, all right, like if, if you're serious about this, fine, like I'll do it. And I told her and, and she was uh, just like blown away by it. And so we were both just in awe of what God was doing in that. Um, and that led us into this really sweet season where over the course of the next several months, God made it abundantly clear to us that this was who our forever person was, that this is who he had planned for us. Um, but at the same time gave us a really sweet, um, comfort and warning of, Hey, like dating is a sweet season because of the, because you don't have the marital commitment and you don't have the spiritual weight that you carry for each other. Um, I want you to embrace that. I want you to step into this dating season and, you know, take what you know is coming in the future and lock that away, right? Like don't let the emotional weight of that or the spiritual weight of that come into your dating season, because I've got sweet growth for you in this season and then when you guys do get married down the road, you'll be able to look back and say, oh, how cool was it that he promised those things? Um, but it was something that, that he just really sweetly encouraged us to take and lock away for that period of time yeah. rather than you know, build our dating, our newly found dating relationship off of, oh yeah, God told us we're going to get married. <laughs> Um, it wouldn't have gone well with the parents either. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, um, yeah, uh, by the way, we got married uh, at the end of our junior year. Yeah. Um, junior. So we were we spent our senior year of college married and doing COVID quarantine together. So ah. it was a lot of really good quality time, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Awesome. A really good foundation to lay for a marriage. So you did. And unlike the 2020 weddings, we actually got to have a wedding in 2019 yes. <laughs> with guests and rehearsal dinner yeah, and reception yeah. and everything. If we had waited till after so you graduation, dated, you dated for two years. Uh, Correct. Yep. Cool. 
By the way, uh, my wife Linda's maiden name is Smith. Oh, oh I didn't know that. <laughs> I was excited to lose it. I'm sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> I was excited. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so you uh, you got married, uh, finished your school. Uh, uh, my wife and I, interesting enough, we were we were married when we went to college as well, so that was cool. Uh, we were high school sweethearts and. Um, Tell us about your career since then. What have you both been doing since you both left school? And you, obviously you went back east uh, for your work and for your life. So what are you, what are you doing? You want me to start? Yeah, start? since you're the reason we're here. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, so I work for a company called Shaw Industries. Uh, we're the, the world leader in flooring manufacturing. So we make carpet, we make vinyl, yeah. we make, you know, all the, all the flooring options out there, we make them. Um, so I'm, a, I'm in sales for them. So I sell all business to business. So I've got a client base of probably 60, 65 customers um, on the Eastern shore of Delaware and Maryland. And I just get to drive around and, and go visit that. We've got sweet friendships and relationships there. And I get to go um, visit customers and help them grow their business. Uh, Shaw, fortunately, I, I get the um, the blessing of working for a company that's kind of like Coke or Pepsi for soda, right? Like you, you sort right. of have, to, if you're a gas station, you sort of have to sell soda. Yep. Um, and I'm the guy that comes in and says, Hey, you know, here's the product that you're already selling. You already kind of have to sell it. So I don't really have to be salesy and pitch a lot of products. Um, it's more of, Hey, how can I help you grow your business? Yep. Um, yeah. It's a little more consulting, which I really, really enjoy. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it's, it's flexible and I get to build really sweet relationships with my customers and it's given me a really cool platform um, in an industry that is more Christian than I anticipated it being, yep. um, especially out here. So I've gotten to build some really sweet friendships in that, um, but still absolutely a mission ground, right? Like corporate America is, is the next great mission field. And so I'm getting to witness that firsthand and, and build a platform there to leverage for the kingdom. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, one of my professors in college, this is one of the quotes that stuck with me the most. Uh, we were in a sales program and, and she loves the Lord and was such a good sales professor. I mean, like one of the best, she's one of the nation's leading educational voices on sales. She's fantastic. Um, and when we graduated, she told all of us, hey, like you're, you're going out into corporate America. You're going to have all these different titles. But just remember, at the end of the day, you are a missionary for the Lord Jesus Christ, skillfully disguised as a salesperson. Yeah. I was like, man, that's good. Like, that's what I want to build my career off of. And that goes for anything, right? You can be a, a CEO or a, you know, a factory line employee, but it's, hey, I'm a factory line employee, skillful, or I'm a, I'm a missionary for the Lord Jesus Christ, skillfully disguised as a factory line employee. Right, that's right. Or I'm a missionary for Jesus, skillfully disguised as a CEO. Right. Um, so that's what I do now. I'm a missionary for God, and I, uh, I just wear the, the disguise of a salesperson each day. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Linda's, uh, by the way, she's an interior designer, uh, so... I've been with her uh, where she selected Shaw products for her clients. So, oh, there you go. Uh, so it, it's pretty, I know all about Shaw. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, uh, we, we do a lot of design work. So we, we love our designers. For yep. Sure. Uh, Emily, how about you? What, what are you doing? Yeah, so what he didn't share is that his job took us to six different states in a matter of eight months. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, we were moving around a lot um, after college, after graduation. Um, and for me, that was very hard to find a job in the middle of all of that. Yep. I graduated with an accounting degree from Baylor. Um, 
And so theoretically, you can take that anywhere, but they like to know that you're going to stay. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't really able to find anything. Um, the first place we went that was corporate training, I was volunteering just at a local nonprofit. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, but then when we moved to St. Louis um, for about two and a half, three months, um, God started laying it on my heart that he had a job in store for me. Um, and I didn't have any clue what the logistics of that would look like, but I trusted him. Um, and then the last week of December, um, actually K-Force was where I went to um, get help finding um, a, an online fully remote job. Yep. Um, and so now I am working with MasterCard, have been here for eight months and um, I'm on a contract. So right now it's scheduled to end December 31st. Um, but that has been through two extensions the Lord has provided. So, yeah. um, I've, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I'm what they call a settlement analyst. <laughs> I just <laughs> do a lot with the, um, the database, the systems management, stuff like that. Okay. Um, I enjoy it. It's been really flexible for us too. Mm-hmm. Um, my boss is really easygoing about, um, just work your 40 hours in the week. I don't really care when you do it. Um, nice. so that's been flexible and able to be home and, you know, get stuff done too at the house. So that's been really good. Um, well, and it was cool because like she had mentioned, we bounced around so much between training for Shaw and then some of the um, kind of early temporary opportunities while we waited for a permanent territory to open up, which is how we ended up in Lewis. Um, but during that time we were, we were bouncing around so much that like she said, there was just no way to get a steady job that was going to provide a decent income. And then this fully remote, very flexible job um, kind of fell into our laps um, through a connection of, of one of all of our mutual friends, Dave Dunkel, um, yep. which is where that K-Force connection comes right, from. Right, that's right. Dave, by the way, Dave and Melissa were on uh, broadcast, so they uh, they know people have uh, know a little shit if they've seen it, know a little bit about yeah. K-Force, so that's cool. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so so you know, we, we know the Dunkels, love them, um, and so that was kind of how we got plugged in at K-Force or how I got plugged in at K-Force. And then this job comes along and it's fully remote and flexible, and, and so we're like, great, like, I mean, we can move 20 times and just- <laughs> <laughs> so, which is what we did which is basically like. what we did. <laughs> yeah but yeah um, yeah it, it was really sweet just really sweet provision in that oh beautiful yeah, which is also a funny story um i got the job two weeks before we needed to submit paychecks to this apartment complex to show that we could pay our rent yeah. so <laughs> provided really perfectly well, in the but, timing in that <laughs> yeah which is which is really funny because um so my job is primarily commission i'm probably about 70 percent commission and in training you're just base salary and you you kind of grind that out for a few months and then they put you in the field and you start getting commission um, but with the paychecks that i was getting and the way that we with the way we manage our money we would have been able to afford the rent but with the requirements that they have of, right. oh, well it's got to be four times the money all those different requirements we're like well, we we can't like there's not an apartment out here that we meet those requirements <laughs> for. Like, we can pay it but they don't know we can pay it and, uh, and then, like she said, like two weeks before she lands this job and it was like, all right, this is perfect. This is, and she's full salary. You know, it's, it's no commission in that role or anything. And so they knew exactly what was going to be coming into our bank account and they're like, all right, approve. And, and we got placed out here, which was an, a whole nother story of getting to, to this apartment. Um, yeah. No, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Um, I, there are lots of things on the horizon for my career after this. Um, unfortunately, I cannot really talk about that right now at the moment, but know that God is doing some really cool stuff in that. Um, and I will most likely be stepping into the nonprofit world after this. Yep. So really excited to see what God does with that. And I'm super passionate about 
what he's got on the horizon. Right. Yeah. It'll and be, with uh, that, it'll be exciting for you to talk about that. We need to have them back to hear this whole story. Yeah. It is absolutely beautiful what God is doing. So yeah. that's right. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, so you, how many years have you been married now? Uh, coming up on two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half in November. Fantastic. Uh, and as you've described it, you've talked about uh, that you learn what it means to walk with God, abide with God, uh, follow God. Describe that, um, uh, each of you. How does what does that look like for you personally? And then how are you uh, pursuing, re- receiving, and living out uh, God's will? Which, as you said, He cares about everything. So um, how do, how does that work for you guys? Yeah. Why don't you start with personal and I'll jump in. Okay. Um, so personally, what it looks like to abide, um, for me, it's, it's daily surrender and it's daily asking. Um, God has been showing me that there is no question that is too small or too mm-hmm. big for him. Um, and so I'm learning that like Josh said, kind of about the girls thing of like bringing it to him and asking him instead what your plan is he's showing me that he wants to apply that in every area of my life. Mm. Um, uh, so like small things like, God, what do you want to say today? Like, how do you want me to live my life today? Is there anyone you want me to reach out to and encourage today? Um, like what little, what little things am I saying yes to you in today all the way to, Hey, are we supposed to move to the Eastern shore for your job? I don't know. Let's pray about that for a few days. Um, and really abiding and getting into his presence. And it's, it, it sounds so complicated. Sometimes when we say the word abide, it feels like, oh, there's gotta be 10 steps involved. Um, but what's funny is that like, when you actually sit down and you actually open the word and you just start talking to God, like you're talking to a friend, like it becomes so easy. It's God. I love you. I want your will for my life more than I want any of these things that I just asked for. So what do you want to say? What what is your will? Are you ready to speak about any of these things? And then I wait. And a lot of times, most of the time, it's the first thing that pops in my head. Sometimes he'll speak to me when I'm not even asking. Right. <laughs> like right. when we sold our car, I wasn't asking about when we should sell our car. And one morning he was like, Hey, um, you guys need to sell Josh's car right now. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <We're doing this." laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, it's as simple as asking as funny as that is. It's just, it's being willing to lay down your desires for me personally. It's being willing to lay those down, speak them to God, let him know what my desires are but then be willing to say, even if that's not what you have for me, I want your will. Yeah. And you had said something uh, when you were looking at uh, God speaking to you about your husband and you said there were 50 things. Uh, is that when you learned uh, journaling and is journaling journaling a, a piece of what you uh, what you do as you're receiving you know, what God is speaking and you talking to God? Yeah, absolutely. Um, early, early on in my surrender to Jesus, um, you know, the, the weeks after that, I was spending, gosh, two hours a day with him um, and learning what journaling, you know, feeling impressed upon my heart that I needed to steward what God was speaking to yeah, me yeah. Um, and be able to go back and refer to it because in, it's easy to trust what God is doing when you're seeing him move all the time. <laughs> it's a lot harder to trust when you don't see it and when you feel like 
you're being forgotten. Um, and it's good to look back and say, no, I haven't been forgotten. This was part of his plan all along. He spoke it here, here, and here, or like, you know, he was speaking ahead of this and preparing me for this season. And I can go back and look at that. Um, and even just remembering it as funny as that sounds, I'll go back in my journal sometimes, not because I need anything, but just because I want to remember some of the sweet things God right, told me. Right. And so, you know, just having a journal and a, and a, recording of that um of that encounter with him each time has been really good for stewarding my heart um yeah. you know rebuking lies speaking truth um and then just honestly like getting to zone out the world too if i'm not right. journaling i'm talking to god but i'm also looking at a squirrel in a tree and you know josh is tapping <laughs> me with his toe and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I get these if I'm journaling it's me and jesus and it's easy to focus in yeah that's a beautiful uh description uh and by the way a uh, clarity of you know journaling means what well, you're talking to god um and the focus is, is god and you're not distracted uh, by it and then by the way you you do uh, keep going and going and going what you've explained and uh, uh what a beautiful uh, explanation and understanding of that so that's beautiful how about you josh how does that what does it look like for you yeah. So, so a, a lot of the same things that M said, um, I'll echo, you know, it's for me, it's the daily. Okay. Like every, every morning I sit down on the couch next to M we start our, our individual time with the Lord, um, just kind of side by side. And each morning, the first thing I write in my journal, you know, same deal journaling, um, because for me, journaling is, is everything that M just described of being able to look back and see the themes that God is speaking to you and, and a really sweet way to process everything. Um, but for me, it's also a way to slow down, right? Because I, it, well, I'm male, so I like to go a million miles a minute all the time, and I'm Italian, so I really like to think a million miles a minute all That's the time. It. That's right. Uh, so yeah, so so our household growing up, I mean, you would you know, our conversations would be if anybody ever saw the show Gilmore Girls, it was really famous for very quick conversation, like everybody talking as fast as they can, talk over each other. Um, and the show just goes so fast all the time. That was our household daily. All the time. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, public speak, everybody speeds up when they public speak because they get nervous. For me, it was 10 times that. So I'd have to just so intentionally slow down everything I would say. And that's how my relationship with God uh, growing up was too. It was, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to carve out time for God. And, uh, and it wasn't a set amount of time or anything. It was, I'm, you know, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. And if I wasn't journaling, my mind was going to a million different places yeah, and yeah. You know, I'd sit down to, to pray and I'd get 30 seconds in and I'd be thinking about the Eagles game Sunday night or thinking about the Patriots game on Monday or <laughs> whatever it was. And so journaling for me is, has provided um, some really sweet processing of looking back on things, but also provided uh, a very intentional, sweet way of slowing down and, and focusing on God, right? Like when you're hanging out with a, a good friend, a dear friend and spending time talking with them, or even when, you know, when Emily and I are hanging out, we want to be really intentional about giving each other our attention, um, about focusing on the other and having a, a very um, present conversation. And if, in my prayer life and in my time with Jesus for a long time, that just wasn't how I functioned until I got into journaling. Yeah. Um, so journaling was really sweet for me in that. Uh, but when I would sit down to journal and still do, you know, the, the first thing that I'll write in my journal is, okay, Jesus, like before we get into to my agenda for the day, right? Like, Jesus, what do you want to say today? Yeah. Um, and then just sit and listen. And, and sometimes it's, hey, I want you to flip here and read this, or I want you to pray for this person. And sometimes it's, hey, like, I just want you to know I love you. I just want to build you up and encourage you. And, um, and so just sitting with the Lord and, and processing through the things that he's speaking. Um, so the majority of my time 
at the beginning that I spend with Jesus is just kind of sitting and, and letting him speak um, over whatever it may be. And he'll say something and we'll process that together. And then I'll say, all right, great. What else do you want to say? And just kind of go until he says, all right, like now I want you to dive into scripture. I want you to spend some time in worship. And then we lead into that. Um, so that's sort of what my, my processing and my abiding looks like. Um, M had mentioned, so like as a couple, it, it kind of, it, those two things go parallel, but then have to come together at some point. Right. right. And, uh, and so she had mentioned the, the car story and selling the car. And that was one that was really funny. We had gotten married nine months before. Yeah. yeah. Eight or nine months before. Um, and this was February, like right before COVID hit. And my role now, because I'm driving around so much, we get a company car. So each of us had a car when we got married. Um, we each had Nissan. She's got a Rogue that she still has. And then I had a little Altima. And, uh, and so I knew once I started with Shaw, I'd get the company car. We'd sell off the Altima and, and just pocket the cash and use that to pay off student loans and things like that. And, but, but during college, we we're going to keep the two cars. We're going to class and going to different activities and things like that. So one morning we're sitting on the couch in our living room, spending time with Jesus senior year. And she just looks up at me and she's like, Hey, God just told me to sell the car. And I sat there and for, for like five seconds, I kind of didn't say anything and was just like, Jesus, did you really say this? <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah, no, I did. I was like, so I just looked at, it, I was like, yeah, you're right. All right, let's do it. And so we <laughs> left that day and went out to the dealership. And, uh, and so, so the reason that and I'll get into the rest of that story, cause it's funny, but the reason I say that is sometimes our abiding together is so simple and it's awesome. And I sometimes I was just like, Hey, I'm very clearly doing something and we're on a time crunch. So we're doing it right now. I'm going to make it clear to both of you. And, uh, and that's great. And it makes it really easy because he just says the same thing, right? Great. Let's, let's just go do it right now. Um, there've been other times that, uh, that it's, it's different. Like when we are picking this apartment that we live in now, um, Emily felt a lot of peace about this apartment early on. And, and at first I didn't for the, for probably the first two or three weeks that we were um, considering coming to this apartment We had a few other options and, uh, and we were waiting for some different things to unfold. And in my time with God, um, he wasn't really giving me an answer on where to go. He just hadn't given me the green light on anything yet. Um, so it was just this, this interesting period of waiting and and all the while, Emily, God was telling Emily that this was the apartment that, that we were going to be in. Um, so she was researching churches. She was doing all sorts of research on the area. Um, I was sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was sold. Meanwhile, I was, I was just getting my feet under me in this role, figuring out my customer base. And the original places that we looked at for where to live were primarily based off of, okay, well, where do we think most of the good customers are? Um, and this territory was very underserviced, so we had no idea uh, what would be best. Um, it was but closing your on, eyes and throwing a dart yeah, at the board. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, but based on the, the few data points that we had, we were trying to figure out what would be best. And so I was really looking at it from that perspective. Um, we had a couple options that we were looking at, but I just really felt God cautioning us to, to not do anything. Um, and Emily was being led towards Lewis. And uh, as the territory developed and we got more comfortable and saw everything, um, we got play. He told me eventually, Hey, yes, this is the apartment that you're supposed to be at. This is where I want you. And so we show up here and long story short, it's perfect. It's perfectly central to where 90% of the business is. And have we based it <laughs> off the numbers before I'd be driving way more. Um, we are literally three minutes to the greatest church that we've been at. Uh, when we were in college, we loved Antioch. This was everything Antioch has at a really small scale, um, which for us just totally fits our personalities. Um, so it was just really, really sweet to see the way that all of that played out. 
Uh, but the other thing that was interesting was we were in corporate housing before coming here. Uh, so we had a corporate apartment in Salisbury, Maryland, and we had to give Shaw an idea of when we would be done and when we'd be moving out. And long story short, had we told them, yeah, we found an apartment we want, and here's the move-in date for it. It was new construction, but, but here's the projected move-in date. When, we, when Emily first had that laid on her heart, um, we would have told Shaw, we're ready to move out this date. And that date would have come and gone and the apartment complex wasn't ready yet. They got delayed on construction. They got it. There were all these different things going on. Um, they couldn't get the handrails for the staircase shipped in from China. Which is not necessary to living in it. No, but, but for it to for be up to code. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so and frustrating. So, yeah. And so, so it was such a sweet season looking back because God was speaking the location to Emily and she was finding all this research, all these fun things to do, these you know churches to get plugged into but not letting us pull the trigger on it yet because he hadn't brought me to that same point. We weren't in unity because he was saying, Hey, I want you to kind of be committed to this and do all the research, but don't tell Shaw yet because that apartment complex isn't going to be ready and you don't know. Um, and so basically the way it timed up was our last weekend in the Shaw apartment was the weekend we were allowed to finally move into the apartment. <laughs> he likes to be like right on time. He's yeah. Really, he's right yeah on God, time. God is always, uh, always on his own schedule. Yeah. And as we, uh, as we're coming to the end of our time, uh, you've described both of you, um, and you use the word unity, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, help, help everybody understand the unity isn't just a negotiation between you two, but it's, it's actually the unity with the Holy Spirit, which you've described really well, is that you were waiting. And by the way, uh, the reason, <laughs> which Kathy and I have, have said over and over and over again, uh, God knows more than we do. <laughs> yep. so, so let's wait, let's wait for that. But you, it sounded like you were able to allow, like particularly you, uh, Emily, that, well, I think I've heard this answer, but it hasn't gone to unity with Josh and the Holy Spirit yet. And you seem like you were okay with that. Describe that just briefly as we end our time together. Yeah. Yeah. So unity was tough for me in the beginning. Um, God, typically speaks to me first. Like I would yeah, say probably 60 that. to 70% of the time he speaks to me first. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe we need to flush that out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like if I need to deal with something. Um, but yeah, um, early on, um, you know, he would speak, I would feel like he had an answer for me and Josh wouldn't be quite be there yet. Yeah. And at, at, at the first it was pretty frustrating for me. I'm not going to lie. It was like, why can't we just be on the same page? Right, right, right. Like I'm now I have to wait. And now I'm <laughs> doubting whether I heard God correctly or not. And Josh is over here trying to calm me down. Like, no, babe, maybe that's not what you're like. You know? um, and it was, it was kind of this weird, um, like I was, I didn't feel like we were walking together in it. Um, but God kind of showed me through that process. Hey, Em, no, like I'm speaking clearly to you. You hear my voice. Well, you know me but allow for the fact that maybe I'm doing these two different things because that's going to work out perfectly together in the end. I will never let you go apart. I will never let you go separately, mm. but wait for me to get you there because there's, there's working happening in the process. Yeah. Um, and so when I learned that it wasn't just Josh not hearing God, it was God was waiting to speak to Josh. That, that was the difference. Um, I learned that, you know, Okay, so that means that we're not ready yet where we are right now. We're not ready to step into this yet. He's doing something so I can trust God. And it, and it, was, it was a switch from we need to, in between ourselves, find unity to, hey, God, you haven't given it to us yet. So we're content. And it was a, it's a, it was a switch of focus, if that makes sense, from like our unity 
to God allowing us to be in unity yes, yes. and that there was purpose in that. Um, and that if we weren't yet, it wasn't time yet. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Uh, any other thoughts on that, Josh, at all for you, from you? Oh, no, I, I just, I totally echo that. It's funny to see the way that God works with both of, both of us, because like Em said, you know, probably 60, 70% of the time he speaks something to her first and a day later or a week later or a month or whatever it may be is when he'll speak it to me. And, uh, and I think a big part of that is he just so sweetly knows our personalities. Um, mm -hmm. for me, like the second God speaks something, I like, I'm a very impatient person. That's something that, that God and I are working on daily. Um, but like, if God speaks something to me, I'm like, great, let's do it right now. Right. Like, right, right. And so, so I think he know, and obviously his desire would be for me to be more patient in that. Um, but I think he also just so sweetly recognizes my weaknesses and knows, Hey, if I'm going to speak something sweet to Josh, you know, there are times that I'm going to speak it and I'm going to tell him he has to wait and grow his patience. Um, but there are other times that I'm going to speak it and I know he's just not going to be able to be patient on it. So I'm just going to wait until I tell him that so that my timing is right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm a dreamer. Whereas Emily, yeah. And Emily <laughs> loves to dream. And so, so for her to know, Hey, this is where God's calling us to be. She loves being able to get into all the details and see what churches are in the area and dream about all these different things. Um, for me, it's like, Oh, well, like if we don't know for sure, like if, if God hasn't spoken to both of us, I don't want to look at any of that because what if, you know, what if God calls us somewhere else or what, whatever may um, transpire over the course of abiding and coming together in that. And so, so he just so sweetly knows our personalities in that. Um, but then it's also fun because when the, when the timing has to be now, um, you know, he makes it now and it's right. the last, which is right. kind of what happened with the car story and everything. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're really excited about uh, you sharing all that. And uh, you've kind of given us a, uh, uh, something to look forward to because you said God's given you a heads up, uh, which is one of his roles, tell you of things to come. And you don't know all, all that that means yet, but I can tell that you're going to be excited to see what's next. And we'll, we'll be loving to have you come back uh, now that we know something's coming. <laughs> It'll be fun to say, <laughs> no, uh, what happened? <laughs> no, we would love to. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. So we uh, we're just uh, excited about uh, you as a you know a newly married couple that really have learned this. Kathy and Dan and Linda and I uh, we're we're looking back and say, man, I wish we would we would have learned that. Mm -hmm. Our life would have been so much uh, more wonderful. Uh, it became wonderful, but uh, we didn't learn all that early like you guys did. So that's very exciting. We wish you really well and the excitement of this next uh, journey and. Uh, what you're up to and may you just keep enjoying life uh, as you have because you learned how to walk with him and you know what a privilege that is and Kathy I know that you're uh, you're a proud parent and uh, both I, of yeah. uh, both of them and, <laughs> and excited excited to uh, have them part of your family and it's it's very exciting to see absolutely you can see why I just feel so blessed all the time yeah. But um, I do want to just encourage everybody as we're wrapping up today, what you are hearing in Joshua and Emily, um, I think you see such a beautiful representation of God's heart for everyone. Yes. And this is not just for them. This is not just for me. It's not just for Rich and Linda. Um, this is what he has for each of you who are listening to. So be encouraged, be inspired, press in. Um, he wants to be this personal to each of you as well. Yeah, so yeah. And I just, to, I uh, thank you guys for sharing so authentically so that people can see what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, to receive, absolutely. receive his love and express his love and, yeah. uh, and the adventure, uh, you know, the joy where yeah. you're, you, you guys exude joy and, uh, anticipation of, uh, well, this ought to be interesting to see <laughs> what, what happens. <laughs> right. so, so we'll be excited about this. So thank you so much for uh, joining us, uh, there from uh, Delaware and, 
Uh, may you be blessed, and, uh, and we're going to keep praying for you. And then we'll be very excited uh, to hear uh, the next piece of the story. And, uh, and I know Kathy yeah. will, uh, uh, at the right time, will say, you know, let me, let me uh, get them back on and let's talk yeah. about it. So it'll be fun. So Kathy, we'll see you tomorrow for uh, end, end Times Friday. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to that. And again, you guys do well, and, and we'll see you soon. Thank great. you. Thanks Have a great day, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.